welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called to the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. Praise the Lord. I, I am stirred up would be a light word. Uh, um, a couple weeks ago, the Lord dealt with me to start teaching a series, and I've never done a full-fledged, like, official series before, so I was pretty excited about that. And he said, I want you to talk about faith. He actually gave me three things as a church to focus on, and one of those things was faith. And he said to title the series, Now Faith. A faith for now, now faith. And last week, well, I'm sorry, I wasn't here last week, but the week before that, we covered the basics of faith, what faith, faith is. And in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, go ahead and turn to there, and we will put it on the screens in case you don't have your Bible. I think the reason why, uh, I, think the reason why I, I personally want you to turn there is because I, I could put anything up on this screen, right? I could do anything I wanted to. I could say, the word says, give all of your monies to Micah. I could do that. I could put anything on that screen, but I want you to put your eyes on it. Also, when you want to stand on faith and authority, you have to know the word. And if I can point you to it, you can put your finger on it, and then you can stand on it. So is everyone out of Hebrews 11? I'm not even there yet. Sorry. Got to preaching. I told you I stirred up today. It's actually been, I actually was going to try to come uh, last week, but we had some stuff come up and we weren't able to be here. Um, and I was kind of bummed out. And I told Ben, I was like, I really want to come because I have this, I have this burden. I have this, this thing I want to share, but praise God we're here today. All right. Hebrews 11 verse one says, she's getting it. Okay. I'll read from my Bible. That's fine. It says now faith is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for. It is the convictions of things not seen. So faith is an actual substance. Okay. I'm just recapping last week, but I'm going to preach to you a little bit. Faith is a tangible substance, not tangible in the physical sense. You can't hold faith. You can't put faith in a jar or in a bucket or in a box, but faith is something that is tangible. It's something that it is, it is a substance of, 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 of a thing. It's a, it's a substance of things hoped for. It is a conglomerate of, of faithful expectation. This word hope, it says faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hope is not uh, the hope we use in our common vernacular. It's not the same definition, which is like, I hope Luke brings me a pepperoni pizza every time he comes to service, right? That was, that's like a wish. If you wanted to do that, you're more than one and a side note. But it's not, it's not the kind of hope where you wish. The word hope, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, means to expect with confidence. To expect with confidence, which is, if it didn't happen, that would be a strange thing. If it didn't come to pass, that would be out of the ordinary. If I, if I were to hold this water bottle up and I were to let go, who here in this room thinks the water bottle will go from my hand to the floor? Raise your hand. Why? The law of gravity. It's something that God put in place when he created the earth. It's what holds this big, giant, spinning ball of rock in place. right? So if I were to let go of that water bottle and it were to float up, 
we, who knows what, we might start casting devils or jumping and spinning around. Like that would be, it would be so out of the ordinary for that to happen. We have a confident expectation that when we let go of that water bottle, it will guaranteed it's going to fall. That is to expect with confidence. Faith is supposed to be the same thing. It's an assurance, right? It's the substance of things confidently expected. It's evidence of things not seen. So it may not have come to pass, but it's so real to you because you understand the promises of God. You have a relationship with the Lord. You've heard the word. You've heard what he says, and that's it for you. Nothing else matters. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, it is going to come to pass. It might not happen this second. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen next week, but it is a promise. It is going to happen because I can, con- I can expect with great confidence that if he said it, it's going to come to pass. This verse is the basis of our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the confident expectation of things. It's the evidence of things that you haven't seen yet, but we know it to be true because he said it. That song goes, if God said it, I believe it. That has to be our conviction. His, His word over something has to be truth over what we see in a situation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of condense a little bit what we talked about last week. The, the only way to please God is with faith. Later on in this chapter, it actually says it is impossible to please him without faith. You can't please him otherwise, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how much money you give to the poor, the greatest offering you can give to a church. If you do not have faith, it is impossible to please him. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's impossible? How do you know that you're saved? Like, can you show me? It's like a membership card, like a club that you belong to. How do you know that you're saved? If some maniac ran through these doors and just gunned everyone down in this room, how do you know you go to heaven? <laughs> well, you know you are saved by faith. It says this later on in this chapter. By faith, you received your salvation because we believe that what the word said. The word says that God sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Praise God, hallelujah, that would preach. If that's the only thing we preach, that'd be the best thing to preach. He died for us so that we could be saved. Your salvation is through faith. That's the only way you can be saved. It's the only way, and, and Jesus said, you can't get to the Father except through me. So you have, to, you have to believe in your salvation through faith. And through, in, through your salvation, you have access to the Father because it comes through Jesus. You can't even know God without faith. It's impossible to please him if you don't have him. Because if you don't have faith, you don't have salvation. It's impossible to please him without faith. You, you can't be saved without it. You can't be healed without it. You can't be free without it. You can't be redeemed without faith. Faith is, is, is the, just like there's a law of gravity, there is a law of faith. It is what God has instilled in this relationship. It's the basis of everything that we are, everything that we will do, everything that we will see has to be done through faith confidently expecting things that we haven't seen come to pass, but we know to be true because what it says in the word. It's the basis of our existence. It's the substance of who we are. It makes up from the person we once were, and now that is different. Behold, all, th- all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We know that, and we can only believe it through faith. 
That's the only way. You look at that scripture and say, before I was saved, I was a, I was a hooligan. I was a rebel. I was confused. I was hurt. I'd been married so many times. I'd done so many bad things. But after I was saved, those things are died with that man, and I've become a brand new creation. I don't have damage. I don't have pain left over from sins against me or sins I did from other people. I don't have hurt. I don't have pain because I'm a new person, and I lay hold to that by faith. Churches who coddle people who have been abused in their life are, are not living by faith. I realize that that's not a popular opinion. I'm not saying you're supposed to mean rude to people, but as you come into this salvation, as you come into this thing that we call salvation, you shouldn't just stay there. You should advance. You should move forward. And that only comes through faith. You were one way and now you're different by faith. It's the only way. You can't read enough books. You can't listen to enough teachings. You can't hear enough songs. Only by faith does transformation comes. It's the law of what brings transformation. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does evidence do? Convicts. If you want to, if you want to be proven guilty or proven not guilty, you need evidence. It is the proof of something that is true. That's what faith is. Faith is the proof of his truth. It's something we have not seen fully physically manifested into our lives, but we know it to be true because it's in his word. It's the basis of our existence. Without it, you can't please him. You know, there's a lot of, I've, I've heard people come against faith recently because they tie it to, quote unquote, the prosperity movement. I, I, that I agree that there's nothing wrong with prosperity. If everything is done through relationship, there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes what happens is people, there are people who just try to abuse faith and just try to get things from themselves. That's, it happens all of the time. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because there's people who abuse grace, just because there's people who abuse faith, doesn't mean that those principles are wrong. It means that it's just a hard issue. That's all that it is. It's just a heart issue, and God can work with them, and you would do a lot better praying for them than yammering on to your neighbors about what they're doing wrong, okay? Stop gossiping. That is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Being a blabbermouth is not a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, that Jesus would say, you're not of my father, you're of your father, the devil. That's what he would tell you if you're, you're, you're gossiping about your neighbor. All right, so let's move on to this week. The, the title of this message, the title of this series is now Faith, but the title of this message is Faith Speaks. And I want to take you to Genesis 1. And we're actually going to read a lot of this chapter, so bear with me. And I, Jenna, I believe I actually saved this in the Amplified, so I want to read it out of the Amplified. So we're going to probably read the whole chapter and just stop when I say stop. So Genesis 1 and verse 1. Let me know when you guys get there. Give me a hallelujah or I got it or hey All right, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Keep going. The earth was without form and, it, and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of a very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the water. And God did what? God said, let there be light. And there was. Keep going. 
<clears throat> and God saw that the light was good, suitable, and pleasant, and he approved it, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. He did what? The light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning on the first day or day one. And God said, let there be firmament. I got the word right. The expanse of the sky in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters below from the, from the waters above. And God made a firmament and, and, and the expanse and separated the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. That's the heavens and the earth, right? The sky between. And God called the firmament heavens. Oh, he explains it here. And it was evening and there was morning on the second day. And God did what? Said, let the waters under the heavens be collected into one place of standing and let the dry land appear and it was so. God did what? Called the dry land earth and accumulated the waters and this, and he called, sorry, he called the earth and the accumulated waters he called sea and God saw that it was good, fitting and admirable and he approved it. And God did what? Let the earth put forth. You guys need to say that louder. I got one said. Let's try it again. And God did what? Let the, earth put, let the earth put forth tender vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruits, trees yielding fruit to the, whose seed is in itself, each according to its kind upon the earth. And it was so. This is God putting multiplication under the earth. He built it in from the beginning. It's one of the characters of God as things multiply after itself. You're supposed to bear fruit. He created a principle on the earth. Side note, keep going. Verse 12. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds according to their own kind, and trees bearing fruit in which was their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, suitable, admirable, and he approved it. And there was evening and there was morning a third day. This is only day three. And God s did what? <laughs> I messed it up that time. Let there be lights in the expanses of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be signs and tokens of God's provident care and to mark seasons, days, and years. That's enough for now. That's God building the moons and the stars and the sun. What is the reoccurring thing I'm trying to point out to you in this? He spoke things into existence. He did not imagine them and they came true. I'm, I'm sure he, he, and now this is me using human words because I only have as much knowledge as I have. Whatever God's imagination looks like, I imagine it's incredible. But he came up with the idea. Maybe it was in him. It's of him. I don't know. It's not my job to define that. But all of that internal process, nothing ever happened until he spoke with his mouth. And then he called things what he desired to call them. The earth was created by, by a voice. The voice of the Lord created the earth. Later on, he, actually in, the, in, the, in Job, when he's talking to Job about, when Job was all having questions about what he went through, God even reaffirmed this. He said, were you there when I made the oceans? Were you there when I made the universe? Were you there when I spoke things into existence? God used the principle of speaking. He said things and they came true. Okay. Keep keep that in your mind that God spoke. It's a principle of speaking. Go with me to John. You know what? Yeah. John uh 14 and we're going to start in verse 1. Thank you Jesus. 
Yeah, John 14. Let's, let's actually, for the sake of time, I want you to go ahead and read this before later on, but let's just jump to verse... Let's jump to verse 5. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We already talked about that. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said, have I not been with you so long that you still do not know me? Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does its work. That's verse 10. Let's look at verse 10. Um, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me. Whose authority does Jesus use when he speaks? Is that the same voice that created the heavens and the earth? That's the same one. Same exact voice. The same voice, the same authority that spoke the heavens and earth into existence is the exact same authority that Jesus is saying, I don't speak words of my own authority, but of the Father who dwells in me is how he speaks. The very next chapter, Jesus talks about your connection to this. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in the Father, right? He said, he said I am the vine, you're the branch, God's the vine dresser. Your connection to God is through Jesus. That's the only way to get to God. When you were in a relationship with the Father, with the Lord, when you submit your life to Jesus, you carry the same authority that Jesus did. Am I right, wrong? The same exact authority that later on, actually, I, I actually have, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I might, I might get ahead of myself. Jesus did what he did under the authority of the Father. You can do greater things than these, is what Jesus said. Greater things than these shall you see. That's what Jesus told you. He told us. Jesus cleansed lepers. He raised the dead. He healed everyone he came in contact of with. He healed them. And he said, you're going to see greater things than these. Jesus spoke that over us. He did all that he could do by being submitted to the Father. He said, I only do what I see my fathers do. I don't, I don't speak of my own authority, but I speak of the authority of my Father, right? And when you have relationship with the Lord, you carry that same authority. Faith operates through speaking. In Hebrews 11, we see that um, uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, not seen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? So when you go to release your faith, you have to say something. That's what I'm trying to get at. If you're going to believe for a thing, it needs to come out of your mouth. Because life and death is in the power of what? Life and death is in the power of what? Things manifest, them, manifest themselves in your life by you thinking them or you speaking them. Speaking is the principle that God placed on the earth. Would you like to know something pretty cool? So I don't have the exact date. I was trying to find it this morning. But for a long time, scientists have been trying to figure out what makes up an atom. 
And an atom is the basis of everything that exists. It's at the core. This, this stand, this wood thing, us, everything is made up of atoms. It's a, the molecular structure that makes up our world. Everything is made of atoms. Do you know how scientists gauge atoms? They liken it to sound waves. It, it's, it's almost identical to sound, almost. There's some differences, but it looks and behaves a lot like sound waves do. The reason why it's so hard, it's really hard for scientists to, to, to isolate an atom to try to get a picture of it because they're constantly moving like sound waves. It's the very voice of God reverberating from Genesis 1. It still operates in existence. It's the principle of the earth that we live on. There are motivational speakers out there that will say, if you speak good things into your life, good things will happen. And they have nothing to do with God, and it happens. you know why? Because it's a principle that God has placed on the earth. Now, I'm not saying you, you can go out there and say, I'm going to get a Ferrari, I'm going to get a Ferrari, and a Ferrari's going to show up one day. I mean, it's the same, like you can actually take two plants and play good, encouraging speeches or music over it, or bad or discouraging discouraging music or speaks over it and the one with the bad discouraging music will actually die right it's 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 that science that's been a study that's been done multiple times it's a principle of the earth that we live in and so we 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 learn that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god this is important when it comes to speaking what God has given you the authority to speak, I, I don't want to encourage you just to start yammering on and saying things. That's not how this is supposed to work. It's supposed to be faith comes by hearing the word and hearing the word of God. You must know this book. The basis of your existence is relationship. You have relationship through faith. And you must know what this word says over every situation in your life. Whether you're believing for money, believing for healing, believing for wisdom, believing for guidance, whatever the situation you must be, there is a word from the Lord in this book for you, and you need to know what it says. And then God will be more specific to you over a situation. He will say, do this thing, or do that thing, or don't do this, or don't do that. When you can hear the word, so, so think about this. The word will give, the Lord will give you a word over a situation. That is what he calls to be truth over that situation. You start speaking what he said. What that looks like is if you're believing for healing, Lord, your word says that he was bruised for my iniquities. Right? He was whipped and his flesh was torn for my healing. By those stripes, I was healed then. That's what your word says. So I speak from my mouth that I am healed. And then you can speak to the body part that is causing issues and tell it to be healed. If you have a stomach ache, the stomach may not be living in the full revelation of the Lord. Our spirit may, may be renewed, but our body isn't. Words is what controls that. But you must hear the word of the Lord. You must know what this book says about you and then line your words up with his. He's the best faith buddy you can have. Listen, you can come and ask me, hey, Mike, I'm believing for this thing. Will you play and believe with me? Will you speak these things? I'll happily do it. But I promise you, he's way better than I am. Because when he speaks, stars are made. Have you ever made a star? Yeah, not yet. <laughs> ben said not yet. 
So when he has a word over the situation, your word needs to match up with his word. And then you speak that thing. You can fully confidently believe that you can and will be healed because he already did it. He already healed you when you died on the cross. It's already happened. So you can speak from your mouth and you can speak stomach. I command you to line up with the word of God. Be healed. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. The same authority you have there, he gave us the authority to bind the devil. Satan, I bind you. You get away from me right now. You get your hands off of my physical body. You are not allowed to operate in this, war, in this realm. Be gone in the name of Jesus. And, and then what happens if you don't feel like you're, you're healed? You just got done jumping around your living room, speaking, hooting, hollering, and then you get done, you take a breath, and you still feel bad. You have an opportunity. Do you believe what you feel and what you see, or do you believe what God says? That's what faith is. Faith says, I may not see this thing. I may not be fully operational, but I know that it was done, and so I'm going to speak it. He- healing is, is, is one of the things that we shouldn't deal with. And I, and I want to say this as a caveat. Doctors are not bad. They're not against the enemy. If you break your arm, it's good to go to a doctor to have it set right. It's, it's good to pray and ask the Lord to heal you. But you know that he created doctors? I'm not saying some doctors have gone off and done some things that aren't so good. We live, we live in a fallen world. But all the science and all, all the knowledge and all the information these people have, at least the good stuff, where do you think that came from? It came from the Lord. It's an occupation that he created. You, <laughs> surgeons would not be able to find a heart if God didn't give them the ability. Do you understand me? Do you, have, you ever, have you ever watched surgery? It's a little bit gross. It's incredible what surgeons can do. It's incredible that, they, that, that surgeons and doctors can isolate an enzyme in your body and work on it. That can only come from God. You understand me? That can o- that's not devilish wisdom. He doesn't create things. It's godly wisdom. Your faith, you, you don't, don't go beyond the faith that you have. If you have faith that when you go to the doctor, he's going to do something that's going to make you better, that's actually okay. And a lot of the times the Lord will say, go to this physician, go at this time, do this thing. This has happened in my life recently. I had an abscess in my, in my abdomen, and it was a pretty good-sized abscess. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to go to the doctor because I didn't want to pay the doctor bills. My insurance didn't kick in to the 1st of October, and this was the very end of September, and I was going to try to wait. But when it swells up and it's purple, you should go to the doctor. But the Lord told me when to go and what to do and gave me peace the entire time. While we were there, we were supposed to wait and do something, and we were going to go do something else, and the Lord said, stay here. I did exactly what he said, exactly how he said to do it. When, I, when I, everything worked out without a problem, and I had money to pay for almost half of my medical bills before I even got them because he worked everything out. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Don't just make a decision that all doctors are bad because God may want you to go to a doctor someday. Got really, really quiet. God can and does use other people to manifest his will in your life. It's in, it's, it's, it's in the word. Don't put God into a box and say, God's, God's my healer. You're right. He is your healer. But he also uses people to manifest that healing. He does. Absolutely. I had, I had an abscess of fluid that was this big in my abdomen. When they tested the fluid, it tested negative for everything. 
When they have an abscess this fine, I've, I've, I've talked to my surgeon, I talked to the ER doctor and a friend of mine who's a doctor, and they all said the same thing. Usually you're either septic and your body is unresponsive to antibiotics or you have cancer. Those are usually the two reasons when they see those things. When they tested it, it tested positive for, it was negative. It came back negative for everything. And the Lord told me, he said, when you, because I took authority over it, me and a couple friends prayed over it three weeks prior. He said, when you guys prayed over it, the disease that was occupying that space died. He said, all that was left was fluid and it just needed to be removed. So if I could have, if I, if I would have stood there and say, well, I'm not going to go to a doctor because God's my healer. God's like, I already healed it. You just need to get the fluid out of your abdomen. And it was causing me pain and discomfort. It was hindering me from doing my job. But if I would have stayed in that ignorance and stayed in that stubbornness, I would have never, I would have never gone to the doctor. The next day when I was waiting for surgery, it actually ruptured. But I was in the hospital. It was fine. I had nurses and doctors around me who could take care of it. It ruptured. If I would have waited one more day, I would have been working probably. Ben and I were doing landscaping, and it would have ruptured. I'm glad, I was there. I'm glad you were there, too. That would have been Gross. But because you listen, it's, it's all about obedience. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, knowing what the word says over your situation and then knowing what he says specifically. And I promise you, every time his word is going to match up with the word. Being led by the spirit is so crucial to your life. It's, it's one of the other subjects God said we're supposed to talk of, but we're talking about faith right now. They go hand in hand. So when you speak, faith speaks what God says. You can go, okay, God, you promised this. I can see it in your word, and you've confirmed that through your Holy Spirit. I'm going to say what you're saying over a situation. This is why it's so important to be in relationship. I have seen a lot of people who try to say that, that their faith failed them. Faith, I, I, I tried to believe for something. I tried to do something, and it didn't come to pass. Well, I have a lot of follow-up questions. Were you doing that because it was the word of the Lord? One. Two, are you sure you just didn't like give up too soon? Just because you don't see something happen in five years doesn't mean it's not God's will. If you can confidently tell me it's God's word, then I can confidently tell you it's going to happen. It just might not be in your timeline. But if you don't know if it's God's word, but you're out there blamoring on saying things that it's going to come to pass and you don't have any scripture and you don't have any word for it, that's not what, that's not what faith is. Faith doesn't come that way. That's you just saying things. That's you operating in worldly principles not scripture principles faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god it's impossible to please god without faith and the faith that you need to please him with is in this thing it's in the relationship with god it's in what this book says when you read this you should read it as a a factual information jesus cleansed leopard he said i could do greater things than these so if he cleansed one leper you can cleanse more than that if he healed one blind man, you can heal more than that. In Mark, in Mark 11, they're walking along and Jesus wanted a snack. And he found a fig tree that was in season, which means it was created to bear fruit in a specific season. Okay, that's a message for another day. But Jesus saw that there was no figs on the tree. And he, and he spoke with his mouth, let no one eat of you again. And then they went on their way. He said, you're cursed. No one's going to eat of you again. They went and did what they were supposed to do. And then later on around verse, I don't know, 25. Actually, let's do this. Let's read Mark 11 and 20. Let's go there, Jenna. Might as well. We got time, don't we? Anyone in a hurry? Is this okay this morning? 
I got some amens. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. How would you see that? How would you see that the roots are? I would assume that this thing's just laying on the ground somewhere. Its roots are exposed. It dried up from the roots. And Peter remembered, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. He says, whoever does what says, speaks to this mountain. Now, a lot of people will just take this verse out of context of the entire Bible and say, you mean I can say whatever I want to say and it's going to happen? Well, one, everything has to be done through relationship. It's the pinnacle of our existence. It's the pinnacle of our salvation. We know that, two, faith comes by hearing and hearing what God's word is over the situation. And then when you speak what he speaks, it'll be done. But three, and does not doubt. Why, why is he talking about doubt here? He's actually clarifying this whole thing for us. If it was true faith, because God said it, would you have doubt? Well, let me, let me talk this out a little bit. It's possible that a thought of doubt would come. Because again, like I said this morning, the enemy attacks the word, and this is why this is so important. If you understand that if you match your word with his word, what will come to pass is a guaranteed promise. So the enemy doesn't attack your word. The enemy attacks God's word. And he tries to bring doubt and confusion. Doubt and fear are like the opposite of faith. You cannot both be in faith and in fear over a situation. If it's true faith and you really have relationship when doubt comes, it'll be invalid. I'm not saying that doubt won't ever come, but your understanding of the promise of God will override any thoughts of doubt that come into your mind. And here's, here's, the, here's the second key to that. D- the thoughts of doubt can come into your mind, but if you don't say them out of your mouth, you're fine. Because life and death is in the power of what? The tongue in speaking it's like, a, it's like a, a, a rudder of a ship, the word says. When you speak things, you're turning. It, you, have you ever seen a ship do a 180? They don't. They make big circles. They don't just go, right? Maybe a jet ski, but we're not talking about a jet ski. We're talking about a ship, a giant cargo ship. The ones that are stuck all along our coast, right? Slow turns. There's lots of videos on YouTube of ships crashing into things. Do you know why? Because they can't turn very quickly. And it says your mouth is like a rudder of a ship. When you speak things, you're, you're, you're directing the, the path of your life. But when your words match God's words, you're going to get there way quicker. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Faith speaks. 
It is, it is how faith is activated in your life. It is how it's activated in, in, in the, the spiritual universe when you actually have ministering spirits assigned to you. God has assigned angels, angelic beings to minister to you. Okay? It's in, if you don't believe me, look it up. I'm not saying anything that's not in the word. And when you speak things in faith, you, the, the ministering spirits are the ones who are activated by that faith. Am I getting, am I, is any, have I lost anyone? It's, it's what we're supposed to do when we have something. Think about this. God, God has called us to be on this earth for lots of different purposes. Corporate, you know, business, ministerial, ministry-wise, family. There's lots of things God called us for. He has a purpose and a plan for life. It says so in Jeremiah 29. 11, I know the plan I have for you. It's a good one. You've got a hope. There's a future there. Some people, that's industry. Some people, that's ministry. And everywhere in between. So when he starts talking to you about what your life's supposed to be, your words should sound a lot like his. If you don't speak those things, how are they going to come into existence? You can't wish something to happen. It's not a, not, not because... God doesn't want you to wish. It's because he already put the principle of speaking. It's how he created the earth. Faith calls things out. It speaks things. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, did he just think about it? Oh, this sucks. You should die. No, he spoke and said, no one's going to eat from you again, and it dried up and died. When, When Jesus calmed the storm, did he just stand up and raise his hands, and the storm was calmed? You do like a little dance or whatever. What did he do? He spoke to it. Peace, be still. And the disciples marveled at that. He can command the weather. You know you can do the same thing? You know that I've done it on multiple occasions? Anytime there's a tornado, a house that I have lived in has never once been struck by a tornado. I've had neighbors' houses, I've had businesses around it, but it's never once come near my dwelling because I speak, because the Lord, Jesus did it. In the Bible. And he said, you can see greater things than these. So I go outside of my house and I speak to the weather and I tell it to go around. Listen, I I don't want it to hit my neighbors, but I don't have authority over their property. I just have authority over mine. I, I have never once been hit by any type of treacherous weather that's caused damage on anything of mine. Not once. Not even hail. Last year when we had that big hailstorm and everyone had damage, we did not. I literally lived down the street from someone who had to replace all of their cars. and re- Like, I'm talking within an eighth of a mile. People around us all had hail damage, and I wasn't even, I was living on the property as a caretaker, and nothing of ours was affected. None of the barns, none of the trailers, none of the cars, none of the houses. That has nothing to do with me, as everything to do with the one inside me. Like Ben said this morning, the devil's not scared of you, but he's scared of the one you carry. And if you start proclaiming and doing things out of your own ability, that's not going to impress him. That's not going to scare him. But when you understand who you carry and your words match up with his words, that's a force to be reckoned with. He literally has to obey. Has to. Not like, he doesn't even doing it begrudgingly. He runs. Because when the presence of God enters into a situation, he literally cannot stand it. I, I want God involved in every aspect of my life. Is that just me? Raise your hand. You want God ever? It needs to come out of your mouth. Faith speaks. When you say something, you're speaking it. When you get up in the morning, what is the first thing you say? 
oh, I just don't feel like getting up today. <laughs> I just, I just don't feel, I'm not feeling it today. Oh man, I, I how about this one? Man, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't operate well. I haven't had my first cup of coffee. Man, that one hit a little bit closer to home. Don't talk to me until I, I mean, they make mugs and shirts out of this stuff. Don't talk to me until I've had my first cup of coffee. What a horrible, horrible confession over your life. What an absolutely terrible thing to say. And we, I've said it, okay? It's a terrible thing to say. It's a bad confession. It's a bad thing to confess and profess over your life. Because that's not what God says. When you're speaking those things, you're speaking things in contradiction to what God says and what the Word says. You're in contradiction of the Father. Is that how you want to live your life? Do you want to live in contradiction? Me neither. I want to live my life in alignment with the Father, and that comes by what I say in my mouth. I can read Scripture day and night. I can listen to teaching. I can read songs. But if I don't say things, how are they going to come to pass? It's what God put in existence for us, for his plan to be manifested in our lives. God, what's the plan today? I'm strong in the Lord and the power of your mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's going to be a good day. When you call Sue Rogers, she answers the phone. I say, Sue, how are you? She always says, blessed and highly favored. That's what she says every time. I called her the day she was in the hospital. I said, how are you? Knowing that she just had some pretty intense surgery, and she just said, blessed and highly favored. She didn't say, oh, I'm a little sore from surgery. She said, blessed and highly favored. And a lot of people think, well, that's just kind of a cheesy thing. I I believe that Sue believes it because it's what the word says. Sue's not trying to be cute with me. She's not just trying to say a religious saying because she knows I'm a pastor. She truly believes that over her life. And it's evidence in their life. Absolute, their ministry is thriving. The Lord brought them a new truck so they can take, do more food. They can do better things. They got her a new a print press thing for her, for her embroidery company. They are, they are a prosperous and doing well family because they know the authority they have with their words. I'm not just trying to point out Sue and to call her out, but I, it's just an example. It's what we're supposed to do. Faith comes by hearing. It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's released by what you say. You receive faith by hearing and hearing what God says over your situation, but it's released by what you say. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. That's a a massive example. Why did he use such a big example? Because anything less than that is easier. And, and, And Jesus even said to one person, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. It doesn't even require great faith. Do you know why? Because the power and ability to do it doesn't rest on your faith. It rests on his. You have to have just enough faith to believe that whatever he says is true. You don't have enough faith. You don't have to muster enough faith in yourself to make something come to pass. You just have to have a little faith to believe that he is enough to make it come to pass and your words have to line up with his words you speak what he says and only that if you're believing for something in your life you need to speak what god says over that situation again like i said you have ministering spirits that will go and work and minister on your behalf but what happens if you speak the opposite of what jesus says those ministering spirits have to listen to you you have authority to command them they have to listen to you so they're on the way to get the thing you need, and then you speak something different, then they have to start coming back. And then you speak something faith again, and then you speak something opposite, and they have to come back. Man, Lord, why is this taking so long? Because you can't control your mouth. You can't control your mouth. That's why it's taking so long. 
What's one of the fruits of the Spirit's self-control? People don't like to talk about that one so much. I'll take love. I'll take joy. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll take peace and patience. Yeah, I'd love to be kind. Good, yeah. I'd love to be faithful. I don't want to talk about the rest. <laughs> I don't always want to be gentle. What if someone messes up? How am I supposed to correct them? Self-control. Ah, uh, look, we got to go. It's almost noon. We, and we'll talk about that next week. It's a fruit of the Spirit for a reason. It, it, it controls this. I, I, I've dealt with this a lot in my life because I, I love people. I like being around people. I like talking with people. I like having a good time and joking and having fun. But my, my mouth has got me in trouble more times than it's helped me. Well, not anymore, but it used to get me in trouble a lot more than it helped me. You know? And not even like, I'm not even saying like I'd say bad stuff, but for my life, it would get me in trouble a lot more than it would help me. Just because I just like to talk. Introverts have a little bit easier here sometimes because they don't just talk as much as I do. Their problem is they actually have to say something. But self-control gives you the ability to go. I, I, the Lord told me, told me this several years back. He said, I want you to listen more and talk less. Now, when the Lord tells you that, that means he's trying to work on something in your life. And he says, listen more and talk less. That probably means you've been talking too much. That, that's just my synopsis of what's been going on in my life. And that probably means Michael was probably saying some things he doesn't need to say. And, I, and this was probably, I don't know, five years ago. And I just began to, I would go into like groups of people and I would just be quiet and I would just listen. And the Lord began to point things out, see what they're saying over their life. And he would bring conviction to me. Look at, look at how they're using their mouths. And I began to learn what, what it was. Now, I haven't perfected this. The Lord is helping me, and he reminds me. Ben and I were having a conversation, and something was said, and we both were like, nope, that's not what God said over this situation. We have to say what God says over this situation. I'm not, I'm not saying you should be the word please. Ben and I have a relationship where we're allowed to talk to each other that way. Don't just go calling Christians out in the grocery store. Ah, oh, you shouldn't say that. They might not even know what you're talking about. But when it comes to your, your spectrum of influence, Ben and I are partners in this ministry, right? He, he, ben and Jen and, and Sue and Roger, there's people here that got Ben and Jen, Ben and Jenna. Whew, that's hard to say. There's people that God has called to this place and our hearts are connected. So we have this place in each other's lives because we know what God, and it was, it was something regarding this ministry. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was something which would look like a small thing, but we had to correct what we were saying because that's not what God was saying over the situation. That's what I'm talking about. Align your words with his words over the situation in your life. What did he say about it? I'm not interested in how you feel about it. I'm not interested in what you think about it. I'm not interested in what the book at Books a Million says about that situation. What did God say about it? That's what I want to know because that's where your faith should be applied. God said this, no matter what it looks like, that's what I'm going to say. Whatever he said, that's what I'm going to say. There's been times in my life where I, 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 I had a thought. We, uh, we were attending some meetings, and, uh, and the, the person who was preaching the meeting said, you know, don't just run off to work the next day. Meditate on these things. Well, I, I needed money. Okay, we have bills, right? Bills you have with you all the way. And so the, 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 morning, the morning of, uh, my wife and I were talking. I was like, well, maybe I'll go work today and get some stuff done. And the Lord spoke to me. I'm not saying I heard an audible voice. He spoke on the inside. He said, why, why, are, you, why are you going to work? Is it because you think I can't provide for you? And my response was, I'm not going to work. I don't know, I don't know who said that. That was, sorry, Lord, that was <laughs> some weird thought. I apologize, Lord. And he said, what do you need 
for this week, he said, and ask me for it. He said, claim it. You've sown, you've been diligent to sow, receive. And so Lord put, Becky and I got together and there was a number on our heart that we needed. And I'll just tell you for the sake, for the sake of the story. And so you can see that there's, there's, there's no limits with God. It was about $600 we needed for, for that week. And so we got together and this is how the Lord has, has told my spiritual grandfather how to do it. And I believe it's something that reigns true today. We said the amount and we claimed it sent ministry and spirits to go forth and to bring it in. And then we rebuked the devourer. We rebuked Satan from trying to get his hands on that money. And wouldn't you know, by the end of that week, every bit of it and more came in. Not, not because I have some great faith. I was going to go to work. My faith was in Micah's ability. Now, this is me coming out of surgery. I shouldn't have been working. Literally, I had had surgery like four days before this. Okay. So we had $1,600 coming for the medical bills plus the $600 for, to cover what I needed to make that week. Not because Micah had great faith, but because I had enough faith to believe whatever he said. He said, don't go to work. Ask me for it, and I'll take care of it. And when I received that word, it's done. Nothing else matters. My words began to line up with his words. It literally became such a non-issue. I kind of, for, I didn't forget that we said it, but, but anytime bills and something would come to my mind, it was just like a fleeting thought. No, we already took care of that. I'm not worried about it. It's going to come in. Friday night, 500 bucks came in, and on Saturday, another 150 bucks came in. And we did this the Tuesday of that week. See, God is faithful to fulfill his word over your life. He is not a genie that you just get to claim and wish things from. But when your words align with his words, that's where change can happen. That's where increase comes. That's where healing, hope, love, all the things that you're desiring, your words need to line up with his words. Faith come by hearing and hearing his word because when he says it, it's a guaranteed thing. Amen? Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I want to read two more passages from you, and then I think, I think that'll be it for today. But I just want you to listen to these. You don't have to turn there. I'm, I'm just going to read them. Thank you, Jesus. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered such under many physicians... And had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I can just touch his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned and said, Who touched me? Who touched my garment? And the disciples said to him, You're in a crowd. People are pressing against you. And again he said, Who touched me? And he looked around and see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, 
has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. She heard what God had done. She heard about Jesus, which brought faith. And she spoke, if I can even touch him, I will be healed. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terrible. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man who understands authority. I have soldiers under me and I say, go and they go and I say, come and they come. And my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. Jesus marveled and said, to those following him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and the west, reclining the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, in the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the centurion said, uh, and to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done as you, have de- as, as you have believed. And the servant was healed at the very moment, at the very moment where Jesus said it, he was healed. Those are two examples of, of this manifesting in people's life. The woman with the issue of blood had heard about the goodness of Jesus, had heard about the promise. She, I, we don't even know if, I mean, Jesus hadn't died on the cross, so she's not even technically saved yet. But she heard about what Jesus did. She believed if I can just touch him, she even spoke it. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. The centurion man understood authority and he said, if you say it, I know it's going to be done. He, a centurion, this is a man of great authority. He has armies underneath him. He has a servant to be sick. This isn't just someone who's just walking off the street. This isn't someone who's a, this is a, this is a decorated soldier, centurion soldier. And he said, I understand it. If you say it, it'll be done. He even humbled himself and said, I'm not even worthy that you'd come into my house. This is a man of great stature that if you were invited to his house, it would be an honor for you. And he said, I'm not even worthy that you would come to my house. He humbled himself and said, Father, if you, Jesus, if you say it, it'll be done. I understand how this works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when you hear it, you should speak it. Manifestation of faith comes through your mouth. Amen? Father, I thank you so much for the ability to be in this place, to come and to hear your word, Father. We ask that this word would take root in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirit, that when those thoughts of doubt would come, we wouldn't say those things out loud. We would pull those things into subjection, and we would speak your word over the situation, Father. We would speak what you say over the situation, Father. And I thank you for that, Father. I I pray blessings and protection and peace over everyone underneath the sound of my voice that as they go, they will go in peace. They will go doing all the things that you've asked them to do. And I thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media on Instagram and Facebook.